ignite your best life. Yoga is the spark. You're listening to Brett Larkin on the podcast where we use yoga to ignite your dream life. Always be stretching your body, your mind, your spirit. When you come to your mat, your movement fuels your motivation. You channel your inner power. You achieve your goals. Want to deepen your yoga practice and blossom into your best self on and off the mat? Join Brett and her membership community Uplifted for monthly training plans, personalized feedback on your yoga poses, member-only videos, and the ability to download classes across every device. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode. I'm so excited to have a special guest with us today. I have with me Catherine Morgan, who is, I know, it's a dream come true. I'm getting to talk to a professional ballerina. So she has her own YouTube channel. She's going to tell us all about it. But Catherine was actually promoted to a soloist, um, which is just incredible, at the New York City Ballet. And she's danced her whole life. Now she teaches ballet on YouTube, which is how I found out about her. So Catherine, say hi. And hi. more about you. I want to hear the whole, I feel like I'm hi, such hi, a everybody. I know. Yeah. So, I think we're going to have a great chat. I'm so excited to talk to you about kind of mind-body connection and all this great stuff. But first, just tell everyone a little bit more about you, sort of behind, behind the official bio. Right. I started dancing when I was about three years old, and it was just something that I always knew I wanted to do. I remember at eight years old telling my parents, um, I'm going to be in the New York City Ballet, and they thought, okay. <laughs> um, at 15, I auditioned for the School of American Ballet, which is um, the official school of the New York City Ballet, and the only way you can really get into the company. And so I got accepted on scholarship, and so I went to New York at 15 uh, full-time, which for a southern Alabama girl was kind of a culture shock. But I went there for two years at the ballet school, and basically what people don't realize is ballet school um, is like regular school, but you dance all day long. I mean, we had three classes a day, and you know, got to really just fine-tune our technique. I mean, essentially, it's like training to be a professional athlete. Um, and then when I was 17, I was accepted into the New York City Ballet, um, which was a complete dream come true. You know, absolutely loved it. And I thankfully was, um, you know, loved and, and given big roles rather quickly. I remember my very first big role was Juliet in Romeo and Juliet, and I danced that at 17 which was very daunting, um, but, you know, it was, again, it was just like every little girl's dream come true. Um, I danced Aurora in The Sleeping Beauty. I, you know, did Sugar Plum Fairy in The Nutcracker, just all these great roles. I was really on the sort of fast track to, you know, becoming a huge dancer in the dance world. Um, but then at 21, I started feeling really, really awful, and my hair started falling out, and I started putting on weight like you couldn't believe, except that I was dancing 10 hours a day and blowing up like a balloon, and it just kind of all crumbled. Um, and so, you know, the, the ballet masters and the artistic directors were coming to me and saying, you know, Katie, what's happening? You're, you know, you're putting on weight rapidly and you, you can't even get through a rehearsal. And I said, I really don't know what's happening to me. I'm not sitting on the 
couch stuffing my face. You know, it was just so bizarre. And they were very concerned, again, because they had sort of thrown all these big roles at me and really sort of fast-tracked me to the top. And then I started to crumble. So I started to think, oh, I'm just not good enough. I, I'm not cut out for this. I don't have the talent. But there were some other things happening that just didn't make sense. So I ended up going to the doctor and getting a lot of testing done, and they found out that it was my thyroid, and it was an underfunctioning thyroid um, gland, which I didn't really know what that was at the time, and I didn't understand that it basically, you know, affects everything, your weight, your energy, your hair, all of that. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, maybe just I'll get on some medicine, and it'll get fixed, and I can go back to where I was. Well, three years into this, trying to get better, um, nothing was working, and I was trying to get back on the stage, and they kept casting me in things, and then I'd have to back out of them because I didn't have the energy to do it, or I couldn't fit in the costume and was just humiliated by that. Um, so finally, I went to the director of the company, and I said, look, I need to just go home and get well and not feel like I'm tied to this place, feel like I'm owing them anything, because trying to get well and be on the stage in New York were just not working <laughs> together. It was just way too much stress. Um, so after leaving the company and going home, basically I discovered that not only did I have the hypothyroidism, but I had um, autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's, which is where your body attacks your thyroid. So no matter how much medication I was giving it, it wasn't working. I mean, I was on the dosage of, of medication for people who don't even have a thyroid, and it was not working. So eventually, once they realized that, that took another three years to kind of regulate. I had to change my diet. I had to kind of re-figure out everything I was doing. And finally now, I've really started to feel good again. I'm starting to get my body back, my energy back, my hair back. And I recently just performed at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., I had two nights of my own evening, which is every dancer's dream, to have your own performance um, at the biggest arts complex in the entire country. So it was a huge, huge battle, um, and trying to sort of fight through it and dance was very, very daunting. But during that time, while I was getting well, I started watching YouTube videos just to pass the time, basically. And it suddenly occurred to me that there were no ballet dancers on YouTube anywhere at all. Um, and I thought, well, I can sort of bring, bring ballet to the YouTube party. So I just started doing YouTube videos as a way to kind of keep my mind off of all the doctor's appointments and all the tests and everything and um, started this ballet YouTube channel and it just, you know, took off like I couldn't imagine. Um, and that's where a lot of my opportunities come from now because I started that, that YouTube channel. And I'm able to reach so many more people than I would have just being a dancer in a ballet company. Um, they tell me, you know, you've inspired me to go to sort of keep going and follow my dreams or you've inspired me to overcome my health issues and to feel like I can. And so just the, the feedback I've received from this YouTube channel and from being this inspiration to all these people has just been incredible. And what's amazing to me is that I have, you know, dancers who are young and who are studying to be professionals, but I also have adult students who have gone back to ballet for fun because I've inspired them. So that's been pretty amazing uh, coming from this channel.
I was so happy when I found your channel because I was always searching. I mean, I, you know, sometimes just YouTube, it takes like a long time to uncover the right people right. just because YouTube's such a zoo. But I was really excited when I found your content and I love how, and I do this too, you know, it's a, it's a combination of workouts, but also talking about your life and just being so open and hearing your story. You know, I already feel so inspired just in our first moments here. So thank, thank you so you. much for sharing that with everyone. Oh, of course. Um, so I'm so I'm so glad we're talking. I have so many different questions for you that I think will be interesting to to my community and our listeners. And you know, one of the things that really strikes me with ballet dancers, or I guess just dancers in general, is just the level of discipline that right. they, that's required. Or I mean, I'm sure you from like a very very young age. So I'd love to hear you talk about that and to put it into context a little bit. One of the things that I really promote is doing yoga in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. Is making sure we take care of ourselves and practice in the morning as a daily habit if you can, right? Of course, some people have schedules. They have to practice at night. That's okay. But to the extent we can, right. you know, getting up earlier and fitting either meditation or yoga or a self-care practice in, and that's immensely challenging for a lot of people. Dancers, I know, like, whether you're sick, whether you're like no, whether you're like foot is bleeding, like no matter what is happening, you're not just getting up early and doing a self care practice. You're getting up early and doing a full on, you know, insanity. You know, take care of your whole body. Like so, talk. I just would love to hear more about that. Like, how do you achieve that level of discipline? Right. How do you get up? You know, like from a very young age. What was? How did you do that? I think it's almost like, and the, the, the terms I put it in for people to understand it, it's like being a professional athlete. It's like you're training for the Olympics because you know in the back of your head that if you don't put in everything that you have every day, people are going to get ahead of you and they're going to take your spot. Um, and it's also the love of, of dancing. And I think, you know, the glamorous part of being a ballet dancer is that 10% of the time on the stage. The rest of the time is blood, sweat, and tears, literally. And, you know, you've got to do it because you want your performances to be enjoyable. And so if you've put in all that training and you've put in all the, the exercise and the, the workouts and, you know, you have the muscle memory to go out there and enjoy your performance instead of worrying about, okay, what comes next? Okay, I have to pull my foot. Okay, I have to look pretty. You know, you're able to kind of just dance. Um, and the, the, the days for a dancer, I mean, we started 1030 every morning. We have ballet class, which usually lasts an hour and a half, which essentially is like being in, in the gym an hour and a half just as a warm up. And then you might rehearse up to six hours a day and then you perform at night. And the tricky part is peaking and having your best dancing be at 8 p.m. So you don't wear yourself out all day long and then can't perform. So you have to learn early on how to pace yourself and how to, you know, get your best dancing at 8 p.m. Um, and so just the discipline it takes, you learn at a young age, which is helpful. So then it kind of becomes ingrained in you by the time you become a professional at 17, 18, 19. You know, I remember doing this, committing to ballet seriously at about 8 and just every single day you do it and it's just in you. So you don't even think about it anymore, really. That's so intense. And you just knew you were just completely. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was it. Wanted it. Right. That was it. Mm -hmm. So what does your workout or self-care practice look like today as compared to back then? Right. Um, I still try and, you know, six days a week 
do a, a ballet class um, for sure. I'll also stretch pretty much every day. Um, I'm actually working to get back into tip-top shape because I'm moving soon with my fiance and I'm going to hopefully uh, get back into a ballet company. So I'm really trying to get back to that peak form. So it's basically every morning doing some stretching and rolling out because things get rather tight and um, doing a ballet class and oftentimes what I'll do just to kind of get my stamina back in addition to normal cardio uh, like on an elliptical machine or, or you know just walking really is I will just run ballets if I can like in the studio I'll just go through some solos that I've done in the past or you know just to kind of keep the heart rate up because that peak performance shape is different than everyday shape you know even our sort of rehearsal shape is not the same as performance shape so you've got to be able to kind of be fit for that and ballet is very anaerobic it's not you know low intensity for 45 minutes you you give 150 percent maybe for seven minutes and then have a 30 second break and then might do a one minute solo and then have a break so it's a totally different way of of looking at stamina um, but i just try and also keep moving all day long right now i i don't like to sit for long periods of time um, just to get back to that that shape that i need to be in so aside from your time in the studio actually dancing, it sounds like your training includes the elliptical machine, I heard, yes. doing some sort of cardio. Yes. What about Pilates or yoga or anything like that? I lived for Pilates. Like Pilates totally changed my dancing, and now I'm getting back into it too. And even when I was really sick, that was one thing that I could keep doing was Pilates. Um, I, I do a little bit of yoga. It's just something I wanna, I'm excited about collaborating with you is because dancers kind of don't know what to do with yoga a lot because we're all just go, 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 go. We, we have a really hard time like slowing down and not, you know, and meditating or, you know, doing that sort of me time. It's usually all like push, 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 push. Um, so I'd like to get more into yoga. I've always wanted to get more into yoga, but kind of don't, dancers don't know how to do it really. Um, yeah, you bring up a really interesting point, which is mm -hmm. something that I was most excited to chat with you about mm -hmm. in this interview, which is that I feel like dancers do have a tendency to push through. And I went to dance camp when I was young and you mm -hmm. know, had a whole ballerina fantasy as well and, you know, did not realize it, but I love yeah. dancing. And dancers are very hard on themselves and very hard on their bodies. Right. That they have such mastery over their bodies, but it never, or do you think that for dancers there is this mind-body connection, or are they just kind of like, body, do this, and kind of powering through? It just seems, it's yeah. very interesting to me. Like, I'm just like, what is that relationship? <laughs> I think most of the time it's power through. Until you have a big injury, then you start to realize, okay, wait a minute, I need to take a little bit better care of myself. I had a terrible ankle sprain while I was in the company, tore three ligaments on the outside of my ankle, and it wasn't until then that I sort of realized, okay, I need to properly warm up this foot. If I'm having a painful day, I need to not push through, you know, maybe not jump that day if I can help it or only jump during the performance. Because, yeah, I mean, I've danced performances with a migraine. I've danced performances with, you know, muscle spasms and blisters and, you know, most painful thing, you just pop Advil, you go and you just do, and you don't think about it. And it's actually not good for your body. And I think the dance world is 
turning into now much more awareness, much more, okay, we don't need to push through injuries. You know, back in the 70s, 80s, you know, as they call it, the glory days of the olden ballet dancers, you could not complain at all. Like, you just did it. You, you know, you, you, you're hurting too bad. Do it. You know, now I think we're coming into this, this place of, okay, you know, maybe you shouldn't push through a sprained ankle. Might not be good. You know, you could end up hurting yourself even more. Um, and so, yeah, but there were many days where you just suck it up and do it. You don't even think about it. Mm, that's yeah. so <laughs> So yeah. you mentioned foam rolling as part of what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of the, the flip side of like take care and roll yes. out? Okay. Oh, yes. Because the tricky part about being a dancer is you've got to have super strength, you know, to be able to wear point shoes, first of all, but balance and jump and turn. But then they also want you to be incredibly flexible. So it's, you've got to have the strength yet not lose your flexibility in the process. And typically the dancers that are big jumpers um, and the super strong, powerful dancers are not as bendy and as limber. Um, and vice versa, the ones that are really, really bendy and really, really flexible are not very powerful. So it's, it's finding a balance, and the foam roller is the dancer's best friend, really. I mean, it's everybody every day pretty much is on that thing. So that's really interesting you say that because in yoga it's the exact same way. You're trying to, in hatha yoga, ha means sun and tha means moon, and mm. you're trying to sort of balance your sun and moon qualities, which is exactly the same thing as saying trying to balance flexibility and strength. Right. So same for me as a yoga teacher, and in my, you know, when I look at bodies, there's people who are really flexible. We call them the bendies, and you can mm -hmm. tell they're going to like overextend, pull something, and they have all this range, but their form is actually not, their alignment isn't actually great because they're right. too bendable, sort of. Exactly. And then... You have like the stiffies on the other side, which are, you know, maybe like big guys who go to the gym, so they just are kind of like bulked up, or just people who are very strong, but very tight. And I think they, those people all think they're like, quote unquote, bad at yoga. But the reality is they actually have less chance of injuring themselves than someone who's hypermobile or hyper, hyper flexible. Yeah, um, they just need to get the body time to stretch and open up. So it's, it's funny that you say that because looking at dancers, I guess it's sort of the same thing. It's like you want that perfect blend of flexibility and strength. And that's exactly the same as yoga, actually, which right. I think is really cool. <laughs> Very cool. Yes. I mean, it's like dancers with we call incredible feet. You know, those the dancers that have super, super arched feet tend to have very weak feet. And they can't, you know, do all the little tiny jumps and hopping on point and, you know, anything that requires a lot of feet strength. But they look pretty, <laughs> you know, but it's the, it's, it's exactly the same thing. So what are your tricks for getting out of bed in the morning? Like, say you're feeling injured or you, like, don't want to go do that two-and-a-half-hour class or rehearse. Right. Like, what are you mentally saying to yourself? in the dark when the alarm is going off, you know, I think this is something my community is really interested in as well as me personally. Is right. it still sort of like that um, I want to achieve to be the best mindset that's driving you to get up or has it changed? Is there something else? I think that's a lot of it. I think 
again, it's that 10% of, of your time on the stage doing those parts, doing those roles, wanting them to be the best you, you can. Um, for me, that's what always, you know, drove me to really have that discipline. And even now, it's the possibility of, yeah, getting back on that stage on a regular basis and having my dancing be the best that it can and not feeling tired and not feeling like I'm not in shape for it. Um, it's kind of like an Olympian saying, you know, I, I really want to, on that day, be as in shape as I can so I can possibly win that gold medal. Um, that's what drives us, you know, because if you say, well, I'll skip class today and whatever and maybe just kind of take a lazy day, you know that your performance that night isn't going to be as good or you know that tomorrow's class is going to feel worse because you didn't do it today. Um, you know, it's that constant keeping up of, of your muscles and keeping in shape. Um, even if you're having a bad day, if you just go to class and just get through it, it's better than not doing it um, because of muscle memory and and your everything will just kind of click in and you always oh, okay I feel better after I did it you know um, and so for me that's what always drove me to go to class is I never wanted to feel like I wasn't in shape mm -hmm. I think one thing I'm thinking about as I listen to you is that there's this huge drive about being your peak self in your performance right and I think for a lot of people who aren't performers, you don't realize like you actually are a performer because you're like the, you're performing your own life, right? Like you're showing right. up in Absolutely. your own life. So yeah. for, for you as like a dancer, it's a very concrete sort of, you have like a stage time when it's like, I really need to show up as my best self and be amazing right. in this period to, you know, inspire the people I want to inspire and be incredible on stage and invoke, you know, emotion and all these things you're trying to do. But right. really we're, for any even just ordinary person who's not a performer, every day is an opportunity to perform in terms of like how you're presenting yourself to the world, which is why I really encourage people to try to get on their mat in the morning. And I love what you said about muscle memory because I tell everyone just get on your yoga mat and do child's pose because mm -hmm. if you do child's pose, like likely you'll end up doing some other poses as well. It's just like getting on the mat is that right. crucial step. Like once you're there, likely... You yeah, know, you'll remember you take over, you'll end up yeah. doing stretches, and like for me, I know then it's like 90 minutes later, and I'm like, oh, what happened, right? Like, yeah, exactly. But just like getting on the mat, so for you, it's like the, the performance aspect is really driving, but for people listening to this, just because you're not a performer doesn't mean you're not, you don't have like peak experiences you want to get in shape with. For me, I think it's like every moment of your life, but maybe if you're listening to this and you work in an office, like if you have a big presentation or if you have an important meeting with a client or your boss or like whatever the situation is presenting Absolutely. or like a difficult conversation or some a support you need to provide for a family member, it's like you want to be in tip-top shape for that. Absolutely. And yeah. So... Yeah, it's just, it's cool. <laughs> it is. I mean, absolutely. And it, that is the hardest part is getting there. Like once you get there and you, you start, then it's like, okay, I'm here. I, it's like people with the gym. Once, if I can just get to the gym and start, that's the hardest part. Once I'm there and I'm doing it, I just do it. But it's getting there that people struggle with. You know, I don't want to get out of bed. Well, just get out of bed, go and see how you feel. You right. Know? Yeah. Right. So I know dancers are notoriously hard on themselves, and I'm sure that's why a lot of the, like, yoga, love, peace stuff is probably, like, not that appealing. And it was the same way for me, actually. I was very anti-yoga because I had the dance and 
Pilates background. So I thought yoga was just sort of for hippies when I first was starting. Um, but what, what thoughts do you have on, on that, if any, just sort of like, um, you know, do you feel like you're still really hard on yourself or do you feel like that's now evolved to having more of like a three-dimensional connection with your body? And like, do you talk about that at all on your channel? Yes, I talk about it a lot. Um, I used to be incredibly hard on myself and I was so into my career and ballet and, and dance, dance, dance that once I had to stop and it was taken away from me, I didn't know how to function. I didn't know how to be a person. You know, I didn't, I barely had any people I knew outside of ballet. I really didn't date seriously until I was about 24, you know. So it, it just, it became everything. And then once it was taken away, I didn't know what to do. Um, so now I tell my people on YouTube is one of the things I'm an advocate for is something like ballet is not, it, while it's wonderful and it can be your passion, it can't be everything. You know, you can't starve yourself in order to be a dancer or you can't, you know, harm yourself or push yourself to an injury, you know, because what about later? You only dance until you're 40 if you're lucky. I mean, most people, professionals retire around 30, 35. A few make it to 40. So what happens after that? You know, what if you want to have children? What if you want to do something else? And yet you can't because you're so injured or you've starved yourself to the point where your body can't function properly or, you know. So I'm much better now about being mindful about, okay, is this silly? Do I need to push myself if I'm hurting? Do I need to, you know, eat as little as possible, you know, it, it's, I have a whole new mindset on it. It's still there, especially when it comes to when I get in the studio and start working, nothing's ever good enough, but at least in life, I'm a little bit more aware of it now. Um, and that wouldn't have happened without that illness. Awesome. And I feel like dancers would also really love meditation because in meditation, you can use that time to also visualize outcomes. You know, right. I think a lot of people think like a meditation has to be you sitting and thinking about nothing. And I personally have a much looser definition of meditation. I think that's one school of meditation, but I think, you know, talking about Olympic athletes and stuff, like the power of visualization and taking that time to like breathe and like visualize the perfect pirouettes on stage or the perfect you know, swim yeah. is, is really cool. So that's something else we could talk about collaborating on eventually. Um, but I want to just like, kind of wrap up with some just like fun questions because I mean I feel so lucky that we're getting to speak to speak to you so oh. what are some of your favorite things like what so for example body work mm -hmm. are you like must you like massages do I love like, massages okay. so <laughs> do you like massages. within massages like do you like myofascial release do you like cupping do you like Swedish like what sort of your go-to formula for taking care of your body I've never done cupping, actually, but I love the deep, deep tissue. Um, I usually see a masseuse that will just, I have no set time. Um, they'll just work on me until we fix everything. With no, I'll, I'll just come in and say, all right, find what's wrong, and, and two hours later, I'm still on the table. Mm -hmm. um, and my, the massages I actually enjoy are not the most fun because they're incredibly painful, but that's the kind of massage that benefits me the most. I don't do well with somebody just kind of rubbing cream on me, you know. Right. You I need you to get it. Yeah. Um, I've tried acupuncture. It was fine. The needles didn't bother me, but it just didn't feel like it worked as well for me personally. Um, but I love massage. 
uh, especially the deep tissue. Um, and I, my, I also swore by the chiropractor when I was dancing. Mm -hmm. um, one of the injuries I had, it was a minor sprain, but I sprained the, the same foot again um, and had to do Sleeping Beauty five days later, the, the lead in Sleeping Beauty. And I went to the chiropractor for the first time, and he miraculously put my foot back together somehow. It was still purple, but I ended up being able to dance. Um, and since then, I, I've sort of been in tune to whether or not, you know, everything's in line <laughs> or not. Um, so I love deep tissue massage in the chiropractor. Okay, cool. What about either clothes, beauty products, or things you're eating? For example, is there like a go-to morning drink or smoothie that you like or a certain, you know, pair of pants or like moisturizer? Like right. I want to know all your, you know, I know you have videos about this. Yep. I know you have things to tell us. I do. Food-wise, my the breakfast I always feel best is a smoothie where I just do frozen berries and banana. Um, and I have this this from, I can't remember what it's called, I think raw life or, or something like that. And it's like raw protein and greens powder that's just all in a powder and I, I put in there. Because of the thyroid problem, I have to be very careful with vegetables. It's very frustrating. Um, I can't have a lot of raw vegetables or certain ones I can't have at all, but this particular greens powder is fine. And so I put that in the smoothie and I always feel best having that. Um, sometimes it doesn't always happen, but <laughs> um, that I, I, it always just makes me feel great. Um, plus with dancing, you don't want to ever have anything heavy and then go dance. That doesn't feel good. So with a smoothie, it's like pre-digested basically. Um, and I, I love that. Um, beauty product-wise, skincare, I love Lancome. Mm. I have very, very sensitive skin and have to be very careful with what I use. I've tried a million different skincare products only to break out and to have terrible, terrible problems. But Lancome, I love for their skin. And I have a pretty easy skincare routine. I just pretty much cleanse and moisturize and eye cream and that's it. I don't do anything too elaborate. Um, I find less is more for me with skincare and makeup. I'm a huge makeup person. Like I have far too much makeup. It's a problem. <laughs> it's like makeup addicts anonymous. I need to go to that. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty much like everything. I really, I think my favorite for stage is Mac for sure, because they have really dense products and we wear pounds and pounds and pounds of makeup on stage. Um, and so I like Mac for stage, but for every day, I even like drugstore brands like Maybelline, you know, I'm pretty sort of like to try everything, but for stage, I'd say Mac for sure. Yeah, that makes sense because mm -hmm. ballerinas always have the huge makeup, like stage makeup look. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And in terms of like workout clothes or workout gear, any quick thoughts there? I know you're probably wearing dance clothes and tights and leotards all the time, but right. I mean, I'm sure you have, you own yoga pants, for example. I do. I do. I love the colored print, any sort of fun legging. Mm -hmm. I pretty, just pretty much like black normal tops or, um, you know, a colored sports bra underneath a, a pretty neutral top. But I like the sort of patterned, I have a lot of patterned leggings for working out. So, yeah. So That's I fun. I go fun on the bottom and keep it simple on the top. So for you, your morning routine is really all about the smoothie and then getting to dance class. There's, is there any other components of like 
writing or reading or meditating or it's just about like smoothie get to class yeah pretty much I try one of those I'm one of those people that has tried journaling so many times and it just doesn't work for me I think maybe with the, a dancer schedule I didn't really have time yeah um it's one of those things that I'd love to start doing but it just every time I try it lasts about a day and a half and then I can't keep going <laughs> um I'm a big planner person I love my planner I, I do plan stuff, you know, and write out calendars and color code things and all that. But as far as a journal goes, no. But no, for me in the morning, it's just kind of getting up, stretching, checking emails, um, making sure I have a to-do list for the day, and then going to class. Yeah. Cool. Are there any secret dancer tools or props that you have in your house that you think we would be interested in like for example I know I use yoga blocks to like mm. just help me stretch in all sorts of cool ways is there anything I mean I'm, I'm guessing a foam roller but besides foam that roller. that like we just might not know about like therabands or cool therabands are huge in the dance world mm. and there's a they're a great way to stretch feet and everybody wants to have the beautiful pointed foot you know um, and they're also a great way to strengthen feet you know just pointing and flexing or what we call winging when you sort of wing your foot out to the side and you know a lot of toe exercises with therabands um, I also my secret weapon for rolling out my feet is getting a little like dog toy ball just like a really tiny ball and I roll my feet out every day without fail because our feet can get really, really cramped, um, especially in point shoes. And so before class every day, that's my, if I don't do anything else, I roll out my feet with that and also a tennis ball to like pinpoint rolling out too. Okay. Those are great tips. Yay. I'm excited. Well, Yay. thank you so, so much for joining me. Is there anything else you want to share? Just any words of wisdom or inspiration? Um, you know, I know you have so many great blogs on your channel, but I think this whole conversation has just been so inspiring. I mean, for anyone who's doing yoga or even wants to think about adding right. dance and just to their workout routine, you just encourage them to do that. Yes? Absolutely. Yes, because my, my other thing that I tell my followers is that unlike Olympians, we're not going for medals. You know, we're not training for four seconds or for, you know, like the gymnasts, their vault. It's like five seconds. Four years for five seconds. You know, with ballet, you get to kind of improve each and every day, and the previous day gets to be better than the last, and there are no, like, medals or fast times or you know so that's what's nice and you obviously should always you know train like every day is your last but you can always improve tomorrow and it's not about winning a medal at least with ballet and with yoga too you know it's about progression over time and each day getting better and not about reaching perfection you know because that'll never happen um, so that's what's encouraging to dancers is that we're not going for medals and you know if you have a bad day you know what that's okay tomorrow will be, we'll be better you know Amazing. Well, I'm going to put links below of where people can find you, but say your channel name for us just so we have it. My channel name is just Catherine Morgan. That's what I can't remember if there was ballet in there. And no. we'll also link up, I'll also link up below one or two videos that are Catherine's sort of beginner videos, so appropriate for us yogis who maybe haven't been to a ballet class recently Perfect. or ever. And then the really exciting news is that Catherine and I are going to do a collaboration together where she's going to be making a special ballet sort of full body workout for 
us that's going to be on my channel and I'm going to make a yoga for dancers video that's going to be on her channel. So you definitely want to look out for that and obviously make sure you're subscribed to both our channels to get all the updates and info. Um, but Catherine, thank you so, so much for joining us. I know you have a busy schedule with all your dancing. This was really fun. So oh, I it was really my pleasure. It. Truly. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. So I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Catherine Morgan. It was a huge dream for me to be able to interview a professional ballerina just because I admire dancers so much. Reflecting back on my conversation with her, just a few things I wanted to kind of pull out, point your guys' attention to, takeaways, was number one, that dancers are really hard on their bodies and really hard on themselves. And even just listening to her talk about that, I'm someone who's really hard on myself. And it sort of got me thinking, you know, a lot of that I think stems from how I was brought up and my parents and my education, but I think a lot of it stems from dancing my whole life as well. So I just wanted to invite you guys to reflect on where you're being hard on yourself and to just let that go because it is important to train for the important moments in our life, but it's not important to beat ourselves up. That's not what we want to be doing. And the number two sort of big takeaway, and this is why yoga is so powerful and I think why I kind of transitioned from dance to yoga and why I think a lot of people do is because in, with dance, you know, you get up and every day you're training in this very specific way, pushing yourself to be the best in ballet. But with yoga, you wake up and train yourself to be your very best every day. But with yoga, it's so much more variable, right? That doesn't mean having to do a Bikram or a Shtanga or a hardcore or even a workout type practice. It could mean doing a practice that's yin, a practice that's restorative, a practice that's constantly working to balance you. So you're still training and you still have that discipline, but the workout isn't so aggro and you're not pushing your body through things in the way that dancers do. Instead, you're constantly listening to your body and getting super savvy and smart about what your body needs on what days to best come into balance so you can achieve optimum health, optimum well-being, and showing up as your best self. So it might be a yin practice if you're feeling especially stressed. And this is all tying back to why I care about the personal practice and personalizing your practice so much is something I'm a huge advocate for. I want us all to have that discipline of doing our practice, but I don't want that to translate to being hard on ourselves as in the way that dancers like push through injuries or push through, um, you know, a sprained foot like she was talking about. I think we might not have a sprained foot, but maybe we're really tired and really jet lagged and we're forcing ourselves to do a hardcore practice and what we really need is a yin or a sort of practice. So it's always about coming to your mat, but not in a way that's cruel to yourself, in a way that's taking care of yourself. So I really love this concept of discipline, but then sort of the yogic side of adjusting and making things work for you and knowing what your body needs moment to moment. The last little piece I wanted to just leave you with for inspiration after talking to Catherine was this idea of how she's really training for her performances, right? For these big moments in her life. And that's what really helps get her out of bed in the morning. So I mentioned this in the podcast, but seeing every single moment of your life as a performance is a cool analogy, but obviously, you know, that's not feasible. 
However, I mean, it's not feasible to think of like every moment you have to be your absolute best self. I love that. I want that for myself and everyone, but that's really intense <laughs> um, because, you know, not every moment is the same as being on stage. There are a couple kind of key moments in life. And I thought it would be cool, especially for those of you that are in Uplifted and in my membership community, to try to think of like a couple upcoming moments in your life that are like the equivalent of your ballet performance. For example, you know, I was just at YouTube and prepping to do a big film shoot or I'm prepping to do a big move. If we think of like my upcoming move, let's use that as an example, as something I really want to prep and prepare for. Okay, no, it's not being a ballerina on stage. No, it's not a performance, but it is kind of like a big event that I have coming up doing my move. And moving is really traumatic, right? Moving houses is stressful and crazy. So if I start to look at that sort of like the way a ballerina would look at a performance, it's sort of this interesting question of like, how can I best train for that moment? For that, you know, like the, the two weeks that are gonna be super crazy or the weekend that we have that moving van we move, right? What can I start doing now to train for that? And is that something that can help me get out of bed in the morning to be a little bit more conscious of my practice and taking care of myself because I know I have sort of this potentially difficult situation coming up. Or maybe I have a big film shoot coming up and I really want to be in tip top shape for the film shoot. For example, when I filmed at YouTube, how can I be even a week or two ahead of time getting up early, like using that event as motivation? Hopefully I'm making sense, but what I'm saying is like, can you think of events that are coming up in your life that are your equivalent of like what a ballet performance would be for a dancer and use those to help motivate you when you get out of bed in the morning because listening to Catherine something that really occurred to me and I thought about is that you know as normal humans we don't have these performances that we're giving yes we want to show up as our best self in every moment but every moment's like it's too broad it's too generic right sometimes that's not enough to latch on to to get me out of bed when my alarm is ringing right because it's just like daily life but can you reframe it for you know something that's really big and important to you that you have coming up, like a job interview or, you know, like the examples I gave, something you're really looking forward to or really dreading, like the move, right? And then think of your practice every day you're doing it leading up to that. It's training you for that big event. Can that help you get out of bed? Can that help you have like a miracle morning or an uplifted morning and doing your journaling and your affirmations and all the things we talk about in our membership group? Um, just some final thought, food for thought there that I wanted to leave you with. So as always, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And as always, please leave me a review on iTunes. I know you're probably listening to this on SoundCloud or on YouTube, but getting a review on iTunes from you would mean so much. Make sure to copy paste your review before you hit the submit button as Apple will often tell you your username is incorrect and you'll have to type the whole thing over again. So make sure to take that safety safe safeguard. Um, links below on exactly how to do that. And of course, let me know any comments you had either in our membership group if you're an uplifted member or in my free Facebook group yoga hacks community yoga h-a-c-k-s community.com so much love from my heart to yours namaste this episode was brought to you by uplifted try Brett's membership community for people who want to enrich their life through yoga for free at brettlarkin.com uplifted 
Yoga Obsessed? Join Brett for yoga teacher training at brettlarkin.com slash train. And don't forget to give back. Like this podcast, leave a rating or review. Share this with someone you love. Remember, now is the time to dedicate yourself to what matters most. Our yoga together can ignite your destiny. Until next time, this is Brett Larkin. Always come to your mat. Always be stretching your body, your mind, your soul. From my heart to yours, namaste.